Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Hey, great to have David Noble back in the house with us here. And David, man, first off, big thanks for covering down. You always do an incredible job guest hosting the show. Always great to have you here every Thursday as well. And I'm just glad you weren't billing us by the hour as a lawyer because uh, I know your time is very valuable, so we always appreciate it. No, I was, I was going to say I was having Aaron Flint withdrawals, and I'm pretty sure all the <laughs> listeners were too. So <laughs> so happy to be back in 24. Yeah, no, it's great to be back. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, it's good, um, man. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to go back to work after New Year's. But, no, I'm. we are ready to be back. we got to be back because we got to take our country back in 2024. I, I, I fully agree. I don't know if you heard that soundbite from former Speaker of the House, uh, Newt Gingrich. I really are uh, believe that we are at a crossroads between civilization and collapse. A lot of people don't realize that if, if America falls, the calamity that will take place worldwide if that happens. Yeah. So what I'm worried about, okay, this is this is uh, listening to the six o'clock hour and Nancy's phone call and the nuke. What I'm worried about, and with the the Senate's coming in with this deal, and you know, John Jackson had predicted months ago that what is going to happen is the the Republicans are going to cave here in January as we go into these funding deadlines. We got a couple of funding deadlines coming up. But what I'm more worried about is that Joe Biden and John Tester are going to do a border security deal and they're going to change their policies and they're going to they're going to the Democrats are going to go in and say hey you guys Republicans you guys are right we'll secure the border now and then they try to take that issue away in 2024 and say hey look Tester and Biden secured the border yeah after they allowed millions and millions of illegal aliens in after they allowed terrorists into the country after they allowed uh you know potential Chinese communist party operatives into the country by the thousands oh we supported a border deal. Yeah, uh, nothing to see here, folks. Yeah, why is over. It, yeah, why, yeah. Why is it in January twenty twenty? January twenty twenty four. Joe Biden and John Tester are finally ready to do a border security deal. Now, I want the border to be secured, but the the what I don't want is for the American people and the voters to be hoodwinked by the Democrats into thinking that the Democrats. Because here's what happens: they secure the border in twenty twenty four. Let's say for a second, January twenty first, twenty twenty five. No, 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 I'm sorry. November 7th, 2024, they opened the border again. They just opened it right back again. Ah, oh, here we go again. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. It'd be like I'm, the analogy that came to mind here is if you, if you have a cornfield on the, uh, you know, uh, outside of town and everybody's coming in and they're just pillaging all of the corn out of your cornfield and, and the local mayor is allowing it to happen. And then, and then just when your corn is about completely pillaged, oh, okay, I, I, I'm going to come in and stop people from stealing your corn. That's right. what Joe Biden and John Tester yeah. may be about. Oh, okay, hey, 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 we're going to stop people from stealing your corn. Well, they already pretty much robbed the entire field right now. So, uh, uh, gee, thanks. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think they can ever uh, get away from the fact that they sued Texas to try to open the border up even more. I mean, it's so outlandish. It's crazy, yeah. Well, I want to get your take on a couple of things. I want I want to talk more about the effort to, to try to kick Trump off the ballot because you had some good conversations on that front. Plus, I want to get your take on the, the Harvard president. Don't say gay, Claudine Gay, after this. Here is your Montana News. Bozeman police needs your assistance in locating a woman missing since mid-December. Megan Stedman is a 34-year-old Native and African-American, 5 feet 7 inches and 195 pounds. 
She has curly brown hair and brown eyes. Color 8 reports that the distinguishing thing to look for is a vehicle, a 1973 tan motorhome with damage to the rear on the driver's side. It has a Washington license plate 187WJY. That's 187WJY. Stedman has a connection to this old motorhome. Billings Police thinks Megan disappeared under suspicious circumstances. Anyone with information on Megan Stedman's location can call Detective King at 406-582-2242. Again, 406-582-2242. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. With breaks of sun and some developing clouds around the area today, high temperatures range from about 33 in Bozeman to the mid-40s in the Billings area. For tonight, we can expect partly to mostly cloudy skies as temperatures will head back in the upper teens in Bozeman, mid-20s in Billings. For Friday, we'll see snow showers with highs to around 33 in Bozeman, 44 in Billings as some rain could mix in there. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, great to have David Noble in the house here. So, yeah, David, um, I know you had a, a great back and forth with uh, Candy in Missoula. So over over the break, I know you guys were talking about this this effort to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. The news out of Colorado came out. The news out of Maine came out while you were uh, filling in on the program. And and that's what really prompted, prompted you know, my kind of uh, opening remarks here in the new year was that you know, if they claim that they're saving democracy, they're actually destroying democracy. If they claim that they're saving something, the left is actually destroying something. Uh, and it was all these conversations. But Candy and Missoula called in and chatted with you and, and understand you guys had a great back and forth. But she made a good point. So they're saying that that, well, Donald Trump has to be removed off the ballot because he committed an insurrection. And you and I were talking off the break. Um, Candy and Missoula made the point that. Hey, in order to for it to be an insurrection, you have to be trying to overthrow the existing government. Donald Trump was the existing president. He can't throw over his, his he can't be accused of overthrowing his own government. And you and I were talking that this would be like if you're the captain of the ship and they're saying that you are guilty of staging a mutiny. You're the captain of the ship. You can't launch a mutiny against your own captainship uh you know yeah. what i'm saying like no I, th I think it's a great point and it makes perfect logical sense um obviously there's no case law out there that supports the notion that the president can be guilty of an insurrection because uh, correct me if i'm wrong i don't think any american presidents or ex-presidents have ever been criminally charged with insurrection and found guilty of that it's never happened before well but 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 see david that's because it Every single American president it has been completely pure, never did anything wrong, right. never abused a, a, a position of power, ne never committed any atrocities. Right. Uh, Lin mean, Lyndon, Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, there was no voter fraud in his, in his election. <laughs> no, you, one thing I wanted to say, so you, you guys were talking a lot about this whole, like, what's really going on here? Are they... Are they doing this because they've got hardcore TDS and they hate Trump? Or there's some people that say the, the Democrats are going after Trump so hard to try to give him a boost in the primary, which may... I always go back to what Rush Limbaugh used to say was the primary driving factor for a lot of what the Democrats do is they want to be popular 
at the cocktail party. Mm. And think about how popular, think about how, and these are human beings, they're individuals. Think, think about how cool the main secretary of state thinks she is. Think about how cool these Colorado justices think they're, think about how popular they are at the cocktail party. Yeah, the, the, in the main secretary of state, she is the perfect example of this. She's got that photo of her with Joe Biden, and she talked about how disappointed she was. Yeah, she wants to be the coolest person in the room at her little liberal buddy cocktail party. Right. And, you know, same thing with a lot of the Missoula delegation. That's why they, they end up pushing in the Montana legislature, the Missoula City Council, some of the same nonsense that gets pushed in the left wing uh, in, in the left coast state of California is because they want to be cool. And they have to up the ante you know because now to get elected to missoula you can't just be a, a pro-abortion on demand missoula democrat woman you have to be a man who identifies as a woman to be the coolest right. gal at the cocktail party and support now. and support some of the most extreme things like genital mutilation of kids and all of that stuff but but, but and, that, and speak at pro hamas rallies yeah but that's, I mean, the, the Zoe Zephyr story is really a perfect example of how successful uh, somebody can be. And look at how, look at all of the media attention Zoe Zephyr got and all, it's like, wow. Like, wow, that paid off for Zoe's effort. Well, it started raising all this money and then started getting all these nice trips. Uh, right. Who paid for all those trips, by the way? I think the Montana Freedom Caucus. Uh, I, in fact, I, I'll have to check in with our, our friends at the Montana Freedom Caucus. Whatever happened, because the, I think they had either called for an investigation or put submitted a request to the Commissioner of Political Practices to say, hey, where is Zephyr getting all this money from to go on all these fancy trips? You know, beach vacations here, trip to Europe there. Uh, and so, no, that's a very... Very, very uh, good follow-up that we need to do. I want to get your take on, uh, uh, don't say gay, uh, Claudine Gay, <laughs> the Harvard president. Uh, Harvard president uh, Claudine Gay, she has now stepped down. Isn't it, isn't it funny how the, the liberal mob media, like the Associated Press, they're not blaming her plagiarism or her, or her failure to condemn uh, the, a call for genocide against Jewish students on, on her own college campus. They're not blaming her plagiarism or any of that other stuff for why she was forced to resign. They're blaming conservatives who spoke about her plagiarism and her, and her uh, failure to, to condemn uh, calls for genocide. They're blaming the conservatives for why she was forced to step down, not her own behavior. Right, and then, and then saying that conservatives are weaponizing plagiarism. I love the I love the community note on the AP tweet. I mean, I, I still I still think exposing the media bias is something that's so important to do because I still see people that think the AP is sort of non-biased and straight down the middle, and they're the radical left, and they they tweet out this thing: conservatives are weaponizing plagiarism. And then the the community notes on X is like, actually, that's false. Uh, plagiarism is against the code of conduct of Harvard. You can't weaponize that. Not only that, but it was her peers. It was her fellow academics. That actually were the ones that exposed her her plagiarism at uh, the allegations of plagiarism. Chris Rufo, great guy with the Manhattan Institute and and other uh, conservatives uh, like him, were the ones who just put a spotlight on on it. Right. Uh, they weren't the ones who were the ones who who raised the complaints and made the accusations. They just uh, spotlighted yeah. what was already claimed. Well, what was so already put out there. Here's the here's the dirty little secret about academia in the liberal arts. And and I guess Claudine Gay was a professor of African American studies or something along the lines. Here's the dirty little secret about liberal arts academia. They all plagiarize, and nobody ever gets caught because nobody reads their papers. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. It's like these law review, these law professors are writing these law review articles and nobody reads them. <laughs>
Yeah. Such, these academics are writing these long papers, and nobody's reading them. Nobody yeah, cares. It's, it's the self-licking ice, cr- ice cream cone of the uh, academic and legal worlds. But, they, boy, <laughs> they sure think they're it, it reminds me of a, a phrase my dad would use. You're the coolest guy you know. They're the coolest people they know. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. Grain futures ended 2023 significantly in the red, with corn futures suffering their biggest yearly drop in a decade. Wheat and soybeans also posted steep declines in 2023 following bumper harvest in Brazil and resilient Black Sea trade. The most active corn contract was down 31% in 2023, while wheat was down 21% and soybeans were down 15%. The Department of Agriculture expects soybean acres to increase in 2024 with the November World Ag Fund Demand Estimates report predicting that U.S. farmers will plant 87 million acres of soybeans, while corn acres are expected to be at 91 million acres, which is a decrease of 3.9 million acres from last year. Military veterans interested in agriculture are invited to attend a series of on-farm and virtual workshops highlighting farm stores on-site and off-site in an agritourism workshop. The course is free for active military service members and military veterans. Hosted by the Center for Rural Affairs, the 11-session series called Agritourism Through Farm Stores starts February 19th and runs through August. Again, this is both an in-person or a virtual opportunity to learn about agritourism. For more information and to enroll in the free session for military veterans or active duty military individuals, visit the Center for Rural Affairs online. I'm Lane Norton. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana. Statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, David Noble's got a great woke update of the week for us here. Uh, I definitely want to go back to the Trump uh, story about the how they're trying to remove him off the ballot if we get time as well. And I, I got to ask uh, David, since he's a lawyer, what about this crazy video where this criminal defendant launches at this judge down in Nevada? Crazy video. I uh, want to get his take on that one. But first, let's go into your phone calls, 2940970. Gary in Billings, first up. Gary, good to hear from you. Hey, good morning, Eric. David. Uh well, you were talking yesterday about these uh, judges ruling from the bench, and this one guy against a legislative body. Uh, David, being an attorney, what would happen if they just went ahead and overruled him? Does he really have the power to stop? How would he stop him if he, if he'd have to go to the the sheriff or uh, the police to uh, push his agenda? So I, I appreciate you. Uh, given uh, the opinion. All right. Well, thanks, Gary. Yeah, so, uh, David, you're probably tracking this. So the, the state legislature passed two affordable housing bills and had bipartisan support. Uh, Danny Tenenbaum was a Democrat uh, representative out of Missoula. He supported this. In fact, he was uh, criticizing this judge's ruling. It was a judge in Gallatin Valley. So, yeah, how 
how does the legislature push back? It seems like the first first step is appeal the decision, right? Uh, that's that seems to be step number one. Yeah, any 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 injunction you can uh, you can appeal right away under Montana law. There's a typically you have to if, if you get motions filed and, and different court orders throughout a case, usually you you can't appeal it. You have to wait until there's a final judgment. There's exceptions in the rules, so these can be immediately appealed. Um, Christy Jacobson immediately appealed a lot of the rulings against the voter ID laws, for example. Um, and so, yeah, you appeal it. I think John Jackson actually had a really good idea the other day when he said every single time one of these laws gets declared under Constitution, you, you, you call a special session, you, you, you change the law just a little bit. And then you pass it again, and you push it through, and stuff like that. But, but in terms, in terms yeah, of, yeah, you like, take whatever tiny little thing the judge used to to slice a piece out of the cake to throw the whole cake out of the window, and you say, okay, well, we will remove this slice and replace it with a different slice. Yeah. And now we get to keep our cake and right. eat it too, right? <laughs> no, that, that's exactly <laughs> right. But, but I mean, the idea of the idea, the idea of just like blatantly, just openly, just you know, flouting court orders and disobeying court orders. I mean, I, I don't support that. I, I think that's a pretty radical position, and it's a dangerous one. And it, it's it's like our constitution. Our constitution are ju- is just words on a paper. If we're not going to follow it and comply with it, it, it's basically meaningless. And if and if we end up with a situation where we just disobey the courts, even when you disagree with the court, um, if you if you just disobey it, I, I think that has a lot uh, worse side effects and negative impacts down the line than 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 you the any benefit you get temporarily. I did think it was interesting uh, before uh, before the Christmas holidays. Uh, we had a, a conversation with. Uh, uh, former state senator Dave Howard, uh, who co-authored a book uh, with an attorney about you know how to push back against an overreaching judiciary, and I know you probably you may not agree with with all of the concepts uh, in their book, but I thought what was really interesting they talked about how at one point in time the the liberal montana supreme court basically wanted to to muzzle attorneys because they have power over you know the bar association attorneys i i'm, I'm probably over uh, simplifying this uh, uh but and and so they were going to say hey you as a, an attorney you can't have certain beliefs about this uh, transgender agenda you you cannot challenge you cannot you can't even be a lawyer challenging some of these laws like for example if if they're trying to force men into women's sports uh you as a, as a lawyer cannot be a part of that or you're going to be guilty of discrimination basically and and what they highlighted was this the state legislature effectively put forward a resolution telling the montana supreme court no you will not do this so that was one example of where the legislature was able to finally stand up to the overreaching Montana Supreme Court. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, and I, I think I remember, first of all, the ABA puts out model rules of professional conduct and, and the ABA, the American Bar Association, very left-wing liberal organization, puts out these model rules that, that did include provisions what you're talking about, which basically said, you know, a lawyer, a licensed lawyer commits unprofessional conduct if he, you know, refuses to represent a, a transgender or homosexual person or, or things like that. I think there there was discussions of of putting that rule in place in Montana years ago. Uh, my understanding is it did get shot down. The fact that the legis I didn't even know the legislature had put out a, a resolution on it. Um, I think there was there was pretty massive public pushback on the idea. And, and frankly, I think it'd be a, it, it's a violation of the First Amendment, uh, you know, free speech and, and right to practice religion and things like that. But um, that's that that is a good example. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, and by the way, uh, for more details. Uh, on that book, I know we. Uh, if you go to our Montana Talks websites, uh, we, we had a, a story a while back 
uh, and, and details on how you can purchase that book by State Senator Dave Howard. Or if you just go to Amazon.com, type in his name, it should pull uh, right up for you. Uh, let's see, David, what do you want to start with in 60 seconds after the Fox News update? Well, I've got a pretty good uh, woke first woke update of the year. That's right. 2024. Our first woke update of the week in 2024. All right. Let's go right to that one. And then a whole bunch of other stuff we can get to this morning as well. The phone number for you, 406-294-0970, or message us on the Montana Talks app. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. A U.S. airstrike kills an Iraqi militia leader in Baghdad believed responsible for attacks on American troops. Groups linked to Iran have been blamed for well over 100 attempted attacks on U.S. forces in the past three months. The strike killed two people, including a high-ranking commander. Iraq's not happy about what it calls an unjustified violation of its sovereignty. Fox's Jonathan Savage. A first batch of documents is unsealed from a 2015 lawsuit against the late sex offender Jeffrey Epstein's accomplice, Glenn Maxwell. Fox of Tanya J. Powers. The documents largely mention big names that had already been known, including former presidents Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, as well as Britain's Prince Andrew and late former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson. Many of those listed have not been accused of wrongdoing. Others deny it. Maxwell is serving a 20-year prison term. Epstein is determined to have killed himself in jail awaiting trial in 2019. America's listening to Fox News. All right. Uh, so here we go. Your first woke update of the week for the brand new year, 2024. David Noble, here we go. There, there's been a whole bunch of re reports on this. This is Greg Jarrett's report talking about new laws that went into effect January 1st. California has a new gender neutral toy aisle law <laughs> where the state, the state is now injecting itself into your local toy aisle. Uh, this law passed by a whopping 49 to 16 majority along party lines in the state legislature, uh, and then it was signed by Newsom. The law mandates that retail department stores that sell any child care items or toys ha uh, is located in California. They have to maintain a gender-neutral section or area and their their basically their their basic point is is that they don't they don't like to be told by the the store uh, what's a girl's toy and what's a boy's toy. <laughs> I personally think this whole thing is kind of disturbing because it's again it's targeting little kids with this sexual discussion and it's trying to confuse little kids about their sexual identities when they're little kids, you know. And it's like and it's like look. You, you don't you don't have to be a genius to to recognize when you got a little girl and a little boy and they just the, the little boy is like naturally like playing war and like running around trying, pretending to shoot people and the little girl is like not wanting to like run around and shoot people and playing with a tea set or something yeah, yeah. and that's just yep. normal and natural you don't you don't even have to teach these little kids to do it they just naturally do that so so to try, to try to say oh yeah send these kids into these little school little toy aisle and then and then send them down the gender neutral aisle and then little you know little Johnny and little Susie mommy is this a boy's toy or a girl's toy. Oh, that's a gender neutral toy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and you know, nothing nothing is stopping these 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 wackos from taking their kid to the boys section and the girls section of the toys to get whatever freaking toys they want. Or if you don't right. like the store and the right. way they've organized it, don't shop at the store. I know it's a right. brilliant concept, but uh, yeah, like if if you've got a daughter that that wants to get a toy gun so that she can run around the neighborhood playing war, like like I used to do when I was a little boy, like that's fine. Yeah, that doesn't make you a boy though. That makes you a girl that likes to play with guns and play war. And, which yeah, and which also doesn't mean that that little girl now should identify as a boy because some girls just like uh, you know, it's like this this whole idea of how they are trying to deliberately confuse kids and tell them no, you're really something else. 
than right. what you were born as. It's just nonsense. Hey, do, do kids in Montana still play Cowboys and Indians, or is that not okay to ah, play? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was another yep. one we like to play. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, oh, so the woke update of the week, yeah, that was the other crazy law. Um, we, we had already talked about the other new law for 2024 that California put out where they're giving illegal aliens all, fr all free health care. That's crazy. Unreal. And then, but then the, uh, the gender-neutral... Uh, 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 toy uh, compliance laws. And, and remember, California is on the cutting edge of Democrat ideas, and so what they're doing there in California, both those things, they want to implement that nationwide and force it on us in Montana. Which, which reminds me, I got to do another friendly public service announcement to all the illegal aliens in Montana. Free health care in California if you're illegal. Free health care in California. Maybe want to move to California. More callers on the line after this. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, this is great. See, uh, your phone calls will oftentimes uh, decide the direction that our show goes. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about this uh, this effort by the radical left to try to throw Donald Trump off the ballot. I wanted to talk about that a little more, but thankfully it looks like Mike in Three Forks wants to talk about it as well. Mike, thanks for the call. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, what's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the 14th Amendment as, it, as the basis for removing Trump from the ballot. And one of the points on there is that the, the president isn't included in that, and the question is why. And I think when you look at that, it's because the president is both the head of the executive and the commander-in-chief at once. So he's the head of the government as opposed to they list off you know, senators, other people who are actually representing states. So if you take that back to the Civil War, then you look at that in terms of that. So you have Abraham Lincoln couldn't be in rebellion against the Union, but the various different southern state senators who could have been supporting the Confederacy certainly could be in rebellion against the federal government. And so since, uh, as, they, as you had that other listener earlier mentioning that you know, Trump being president on January 6th could not have been an insurrection against himself. That's just a, a, where my mind went to further expand that point. No, that's a very that's a very good point. Um, the other the other thing that I wanted to add to this conversation, Alina Haba and Mike, thanks for the phone call. Great to hear from you. Alina Haba is one of Trump's attorneys on this case. And let's see, she was on, I want to give credit where credit is due here, uh, if I can find my, oh yeah, here we go. She was on the story with Martha McCallum, and, and here's what she basically had to say, another important point. To me, the law is very clear. You can, you know, there's due process, there's rights to trial, there's rights to be heard. You can't call someone an insurrectionist that never did an insurrection, that's never been guilty of an insurrection. It's un-American, it's ridiculous, and it's frankly election interference at its finest. David Noble, your thoughts on, on both Mike's call and what Alina Hava had to say? Well, I think they're both good points, and I think there's, there's really four or five, there's really four or five really, really strong legal arguments against uh, what the Colorado Supreme Court did and against what the main Secretary of State did. Uh, uh, there's and they're really strong and, th and that's why that's why most of these cases have been dismissed the these colorado main th these are the anomalies 90 percent of these cases have been dismissed 
But yeah, I mean, and you look back at, uh, you know, why why would they have not included the president in officers of the United States? And you you read the 14th Amendment and it, and it specifically, rep, you know, references representatives and senators and, and officers. And, and it was pretty clear, according to the original intent of the drafters of the 14th Amendment, that they didn't intend that to apply to the president. And the reason and, and you ask the question, why? And the, the answer is, is because there was really no need because the whole the whole point of this was to basically prevent prevent the confederates uh from basically you know sending all of these confederate rebels to congress and the senate whereas with the president it's elected nationwide and there's only one office and it's not just one state that's going to send them there so so there's really no need and in our constitution we don't like to put a lot of restrictions on the presidency and and who can run we've got a couple of limitations you got to be 35 you got to be a natural born citizen other than that there are no pretty wide open. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, what I always find interesting is is they're saying, well, well, he he was trying to he was telling these members of Congress not to vote to certify. Well, why do we even have a vote then? Well, like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so if we're having a vote, then then American citizens can have have the right to say vote yay or vote nay. He shouldn't be telling them to vote nay. Well, then why even have a vote then? Why even have a vote to certify? The whole thing is so absurd. Uh, let's go to another caller. We got TJ in Billings on the phone lines. TJ, what's on your mind? Thanks for the call. Oh, I just wanted to touch base quickly. Uh, let the city buildings know the that our property taxes were reduced by roughly twenty five per hundred thousand at the city council on uh, Tuesday. <clears throat> they moved the stormwater billing from our property tax to a fee now, and on top of that, they're going to add another one hundred and seventy eight million to build out a new utility called stormwater. Interesting. So, David, you kind of got you. You kind of got your wish. They did reduce property taxes, <laughs> but but they'll call it a fee instead. Yeah, yeah. Because basically, this goes back to a case that actually now Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris was on, right? Where where they 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 said that the city was illegally charging, um, you know, these uh, these taxes or, or whatever, and so the city lost that case. Uh, so I think some people are going to get a rebate back, but but in, instead they're just going to bill people in another fashion now. Uh, sounds like the story here uh david it, it reminds me of these uh these colleges and these universities oh we didn't raise tuition but we'll just charge you a bunch of fees instead right well i think uh, thanks for that call i think what the caller was talking about was i had i had mentioned um that i i was at an event where uh, uh chris kokolsky the city administrator and then uh is it bill cole the the city mayor were both speaking um, and they were taking questions, and I raised my hand, and I asked them, I was like, hey, are either of you aware of any efforts underway locally to try to reduce uh, the local portion of our property taxes? And they both basically answered by, first off, attacking the Montana legislature, and then second of all saying, no, we're not, and actually we're asking for a 6% increase in the city budget, which is why I was, I've been talking about how what I would like to do is go through the, the city of Billings budget line by line and see if we can do line item vetoes on the city of Billings' budget and see how much we can cut. There's got to be where areas to cut. And since that's a big portion of our property taxes, um, that sounds like a good idea. But the, the takeaway that I had was that there is zero effort right now to try to reduce 
the the spending at, at our local government yeah, level, say, which, which yeah. is very disappointing. Yeah, but they were just like uh, just like the left wants to blame climate change. They want to just blame the legislature. No, you guys can lower these taxes. You guys can can stop raising taxes, and you guys can cut areas within your budget and give that money yeah. to law enforcement instead, and the and to public safety. Well, that well that's exactly right. It's like nobody nobody's suggesting that we cut spending on the fire department or the police or that that kind of stuff. But you can't tell me that you couldn't go through the line by line of the Billings the Billings budget and, and not find some stuff to cut. Come on. Yeah. Uh, we got Tim and Billings on the phone lines. Uh, it sounds like he's okay with the gender-neutral uh, toy aisles. <laughs> Tim, thanks for the call. Morning, gentlemen. Yeah, you might be surprised to hear that. I, I'm okay if they do that, uh, you know, but let's, let's name it appropriately. It should be the aisle for freaks, geeks, mentally ill, and parents who want to want to uh, sacrifice their children on the altar of progressivism. And, you know, if they're going to do that, they should also have pictures on the front of the aisle showing these people who have mutilated their bodies and mutilated their children. You know, that, if, that's the, if that's the aisle you want to take your kids down, have at it. The rest of us, same people, we'll just let boys be boys and girls be girls, like God and nature and science have said forever. You know, you know that's what that that was tying in with kind of my my opening twenty four twenty twenty four rant, which is, you know, the people that push this radical transgender agenda, they'll claim they're saving the kids, when in reality they're destroying kids. They they'll claim they're saving democracy by removing candidates off the ballot. They'll claim they're saving kids by removing their body parts. No, they're destroying democracy and our constitutional republic when they do that. They're, they're destroying kids in their futures, leading to increased suicides and so much more when they remove their body parts. Well, what, what Tim's call made me think of is maybe, maybe we could utilize some of the same type of laws that, that we've seen with abortions in terms of parental notification when it comes to these gender neutral toy aisles. Maybe, maybe like, like the ult, like a mandated ultrasound on an abortion, which is shown to, to show that when a woman sees the ultrasound and she sees, wow, this is actually a, a human baby, there's much, they're much, much, much less likely to choose abortion. Maybe when it comes to the gender neutral toy aisle law, we can put in the thing that says parental notification is required. And then, the kids and the parents have to watch a video of some of these people that are detransitioners that, that went through these transitions at a young age. And now their lives are ruined and they're out there speaking out about how horrible this was. You know, maybe let's let's require parental notification for the gender neutral toy aisle law. Let's require videos to be shown of the detransitioners talking about ho- how horrific this is. And as long as you do those two things before the before they're allowed to go into the gender neutral toy aisle law, maybe we could uh, mitigate some of the damage here. I'm laughing because there was a Babylon Bee uh, satirical headline uh, over the holidays uh, that came out that said, "Teacher dis or woke teacher disappointed after students decided to detransition during the break." You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they came back from the holidays and they detransition ah and this woke teacher is so disappointed Stephen Ballantyne uh, we got about 30 seconds before the break what do you want to share well you know they they're trying to do this insurrection by the 14th amendment but you know during the 2020 elections and before they sure couldn't follow the constitution it's called the first amendment your freedom of speech they couldn't follow that but boy they want to follow the other one Oh, no, I mean, yeah. They, they, the make up, if, they want to make up other ones. They want to make up something new, but they won't even follow the ones we got. Great point. So, yeah, I mean, the First Amendment, you know, and freedom of speech. And we all know that they were taking banning people from saying things on Twitter and Facebook. And they knew it was true, but they banned everyone. It, it just it's it's just it's amazing what they they're just trying to 
to uh, change the election. Great point. Fox News commentary. A new AI-powered refrigerator will take your meal prep to the next level. Welcome to the future. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. Cubbo on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Download the Cubbo Show podcast every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com. Cubbo covers the latest headlines and business trends with an emphasis on the financial impact facing households and businesses across the country. Listen to interviews with key business newsmakers. The Cubbo podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Artificial intelligence, or AI, is still a pretty new concept for most of us, and quite frankly, a scary one at that. But this new AI-powered fridge technology might make this technology of the future a little more appealing. Samsung is set to release its 2024 bespoke 4-hour flex refrigerator with AI Family Hub Plus One, and the tech this thing is loaded with will blow your mind. It uses the power of AI image recognition to identify up to 33 different types of fresh foods being placed in or pulled out of the refrigerator. The identified foods are then displayed on the fridge's touchscreen, and get this, this smart fridge will even suggest recipes and dishes that can be made based on the items available inside. Users can also tailor this experience to specific dietary needs and preferences. That's right, personalized meal plans created by a refrigerator. And I thought DoorDash and Uber Eats were a game changer. Sign me up. I'm Tommy Laren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Laren is Fearless, at Outkick.com. This is the Montana Economic Minute. COVID changed plenty of things in the economy and in our society. Many of them changed back. Schools are back to in-person, airports and highways are busy, and e-commerce is still a big deal, but it's going back to its pre-COVID trend. One of the biggest changes has in fact lived on, and that is remote work. The share of days work from home is stabilized at roughly 28% in the national economy, roughly five times as high as it was before COVID. Most medium or larger employers today have three types of employees, fully remote, fully on-site, and hybrid workers who combine the two. You don't see it everywhere. College-educated workforces are twice as likely to be employed in hybrid settings. Those in tech and finance are also more remote, as are younger workplaces. Workers say they are happier, but in the case of fully remote workers, the evidence is that they are slightly less productive. And the data show that the use of golf courses on weekdays is up by 28% over 2019. You figure it out. I'm Patrick Barkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, man, I don't know if we'll have time for it. There was a great Vivek uh, Ramaswamy uh, back and forth. Some some liberal Washington Post reporter threw some nonsensical question at him, and he just threw it right back at her. Uh, and I know uh, David Noble's a big fan of, of Vivek Ramaswamy. I'd love to see Vivek Ramaswamy uh, not so much as a presidential candidate. I'd love to see him as like a Lincoln-Reagan Day dinner speaker. I mean, wouldn't he just be an incredible speaker, uh, you know, if he came to Billings or Bozeman for a oh, Lincoln Reagan. Fantastic. There, yeah. there, I don't think there's anybody out there that is a, that can explain uh, libertarian philosophy, conservative philosophy, as well as, as he does. He's got it down. He's good at it. And then, yeah, his response to that Washington Post reporter who asked him to denounce white supremacy, it, it was just the greatest response because we're so, I'm so sick of these mainstream media leftists. Oh, do you denounce white supremacy? 
Oh, what an insulting question. Stop, yeah, here. exactly. Don't even let them set the narrative. Don't even play their stupid games. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Um, Andy and Whitefish, uh, this, this is great. Yeah, we, we sh- I should have talked about this much earlier. Um, Andy and Whitefish, how about the Epstein people? Uh, let me play a quick Fox News radio report for a scene setter for our listeners. Uh, yeah, Ep- Jeffrey Epstein, you know, the Epstein documents came out. The federal judge releasing nearly 200 names that were previously redacted from court documents filed in a since-settled defamation lawsuit brought by one of Epstein's accusers against Ghislaine Maxwell. And former President Bill Clinton is one of the biggest names here. And the documents detail his personal relationship with Epstein, including four trips Clinton took on the convicted sex offender's private plane in the early 2000s. Now, in the deposition, one victim was also asked if Epstein ever talked to her about Bill Clinton. She answered, quote, he said one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. All right. So, yeah, that was the biggest takeaway from these Epstein court documents that came out. This news was not what people expected it to be. I think people were expecting like a list of all the people who flew on Epstein's plane and all the people who flew to Epstein Island where these atrocities occurred. Um, What was not contained in these court documents, though, is is or at least what we can also take away from this is that Donald Trump uh, apparently did not fly on his plane. It did not go to Epstein Island like some on the left were trying to argue. Yeah, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding out there about what these documents are. I actually went to the actual PDF that got the court released. It's 950 pages, uh, which is it's just incredible. But, you know, that's not uncommon in a, in a court case to have a, a, a PDF file that's 950 pages like that or or even more. Um, but it isn't it isn't some just like list. It's not just like, oh, here's a list. No, it's 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 deposition transcripts. It's legal briefs. It's court filings. Um, it's exhibits. It's all these other things. And so um, to really to really understand to really understand kind of what what went on in that in that case and what these documents may or may not mean. I would have to read the entire 950 pages. And if I was handling a lawsuit that that had a PDF that had 950 pages, I'd read every word of every page. Um, And that's one of the reasons that litigation becomes so expensive is when you're looking at documents that large and you got a 300-page transcript or, you know, 10 10 300-page transcripts, you got to read 3,000 pages or whatever. But I don't – I'm not going to – I mean, I'm not going to spend time reading through 950 pages of, you know, Epstein's, you know, or this whatever. It was a defamation case against – Just the allegations. So right now it's it's allegations. It's uh, secondhand information sometimes. But – but but no big surprise that Bill Clinton is prominently featured in these documents, let's just say. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, that's the other thing. That's what's coming about Bill Clinton. It's like, it's not a surprise when you hear about Bill Clinton, given his history. So I share, so one other story here, since we only got about a minute or so to go. Um, video appears to show defendant launching at judge after she denies him probation. This was down in Clark County, Nevada. This guy was like a, a, a freaking flying squirrel. This criminal defendant l- leaps over and tackles the judge. But what I thought was crazy and kind of cool, the the little young man, the kind of pudgy young man, I don't know if he was the clerk, he was the first one to step in and start wrestling this guy. And then he starts throwing punches at the guy too. So a pretty wild video. I, I love the I love them throwing punches at him, just beating him down. And I'm like, man, if this guy was a police officer, you'd have the Democrats wanting to, you know, throw this guy in jail because he was punching this guy. And it's like, no, he attacked a judge. Not only ought to, he ought to be and punched a woman. By- yeah, a, a female judge, and he attacks. No, not only should he have been beaten down by that clerk the way he was beaten down by that clerk, but he ought to go to jail for 
ever for doing that. I mean, that that's totally inappropriate, totally wrong, totally outside the bounds of what's acceptable. Well, and I, I know we're out of time for today, but David Noble, always great, good to have you on the show here. But you, you and I were talking a little bit during one of the breaks. This it raises an important question about security for our district judges. And, and you know, maybe that's something we need to look, take a, a, a better look at here in Montana as well, because there's a lot of crazy folks out there. Amen. So, all right, David, great to see you as always. Thanks for your time. Thanks again for filling in last week. Great job as always. Always good to have uh, uh, somebody top-notch here.